From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serra. Hey, thanks for inviting me into your home. Uh, I'm joined in studio by our contest winner from my Follow the Truth Summit held back in November. Dwayne Hickey won an opportunity to sit in on the show, and he's my special co-host for tonight. He helped produce the show. Dwayne, welcome once again. How are you, my friend? Enjoying yourself? I'm doing great, Richard. I'm excited. Uh, John Searle was a fabulous guest, and uh, I'm looking forward to our next guest. Now, you're an IT specialist, correct? That's right. How did you become interested in this subject matter uh, that we discuss on The Conspiracy Show? Um, Probably in about um, 2005, I watched a video called Loose Change. It was a 9-11 video about Mm -hmm. the conspiracy about 9-11. It kind of really uh, opened up my mind in terms of um, what's going on in the world. It was... uh, it was, a, it was a very big revelation, and I delved deep into it, probably delved too much into it, um, was completely consumed by it. And then since then, um, I heard about you on, on different radio programs, and um, I've, been, I've been following your program ever since. Well, we're uh, delighted to have you with us, and great job helping to line up the show. Thank you. Uh, Albert, the intern, is with us as well. He's posted some great stories, as usual, in the highlight carousel at richardserrett.com. There's a great story about... Something called artificial telepathy, and you can check it out. Uh, the the the, uh, the story talks about research in the 1980s and 90s, which centers on the aviary, the code word aviary, and their leader, Colonel Colonel John B. Alexander. And uh, the aviary is a, a collection of strange birds, a group of key scientists, military men, intelligence agents, who share an intense interest in UFOs, telepathy, remote viewing, parapsychology, mind control and the creation of psychotronic weapons, all things we've talked about on this program. And uh, they seem to work and flock together, and they're reportedly part of this secretive cell. Its members are codenamed after birds, and hence they're called the uh, the birds, and their cell is called the aviary. Check it out. Again, it's uh, in the highlight carousel at richardsarah.com. Another story you may want to check out has to do with DARPA's latest generation of drones, or autonomous micro-drones. Check these things out. They're the size of a, of a dragonfly, and they're designed to enter houses and presumably spy on the occupants of those houses and, and Lord knows do what else to the occupants of those houses. Gives a whole new meaning to the phrase, I'd love to be a fly on the wall. Well, apparently, maybe the NSA is that fly on your wall. So again, check out that story. It's in the highlight carousel at richardserrett.com. Just watch the slides as they go by and click on the story you're interested in. It'll take you right there. One more story I'll uh, direct you to on the Highlight Carousel, and that has to do with something we've talked about at length on this program with people like Stephen Bassett, who was with us just over a month ago, I think. And that's the disclosure petition and the efforts of UFO disclosure advocates everywhere to get the U.S. government primarily to come clean on what they know about the UFO ET presence here on Earth. And uh, there's a new petition. We're going to talk about it in a moment. Uh, we talked about it again uh, with Stephen Bassett. This one, following in the wake of the uh, the citizens' hearing, which were held in Washington back in, I believe it was May, uh, April, May of 2013. And uh, this petition project is now well underway. In fact, the clock is ticking on this one. It's called the Disclosure Petition 6, Congressional Hearings. And uh, it's now up on the White House website, ready for signatures. They need 100,000 signatures. They need them. Well, time is is uh, is ticking by. We'll get an exact uh, timeline on that in just a moment. And uh, if they get the 100,000 signatures, and that's where you come in, the president of the United States will be required to respond, and the petition will remain on the White House website for the remainder of the president's term in office. But the key here is the president will be required to respond. Someone who's working very hard to end the nearly 70-year uh, truth embargo on UFOs and ETs joins us now. Elizabeth Trutwin is working on the Congressional Hearings Initiative, a project of Paradigm Research Group, and uh, a White House petition, again, asking for support of a new congressional hearing on the extraterrestrial issue, uh, which launched earlier this month. And uh, they've tweeted over 750,000 tweets to 535 congressmen, and congresspersons, rather, uh, since the initiative began back in November. And a formal disclosure has uh, been a passion of hers since she quit her job back in 2008 to work on it full-time. She's also the author of Stargate Earth. Elizabeth Trutwin, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? 
Greetings, Richard. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for being here. And also, uh, my special co-host tonight, uh, Dwayne Hickey, is uh, with us, and uh, he was the one that pushed to have you on the show. Uh, say hello to Dwayne. Dwayne, I'm so grateful. Very nice to meet you. Thank you very much. Very nice to meet you, too. Uh, we're glad you were able to uh, join us tonight. Thank you. Elizabeth, give us the, uh, the the timeline now of this latest petition. How many days are left and how many signatures are still needed? Tonight we have 9,465 signatures, almost 10,000. We need 90,000 more signatures in the next 20 days. And the final day is February 6th. I feel if we have the right publicity, we could obtain this goal. Uh, we had a, a little fluky thing happen this week. There were two days when the petition was not obtainable. You couldn't click to get onto it. There was a corrupted URL on the White House petition website, and it lasted two days before they fixed it. Hmm. Me thinks that might not be just a little fluke. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, well, there's speculation, but that's all that it is. We're glad that it's fixed and it's back up and ready to roll. And it's very important to make a point that there is a misnomer sometimes because it's a White House petition and because it's considered a United States um, story that um, only Americans can sign, and that's not true. Uh, according to youth and terms on that website, anyone over the age of 13 may sign, so that means any country may sign. So I'm counting on all the Canadians out there to get on that website and help us with this. All right, direct my listeners. Where do they go? How do they do it? Sure. Um, Steve Bassett has set up a website, and it's called DisclosurePetition.org. When you go there, there's a direct link to the petition, and you will be asked for first name, last name, and an email address. And the reason for that is because they'll have you click on a link in your email, and that keeps uh, robotic signatures from going on that website. Right, to make so, sure you're a human. Yes. there There's a zip code spot. You can leave it blank. It's not necessary. Some people don't want to put their whole names on that website. That's fine. It will just take initials. You just go on the Click on the link at disclosurepetition.org and put in your first and last initial and your email, and you're, that's it. Well, there, it takes uh, about three minutes. All right, and give us a sense of what we're signing on to. What is the, 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 the basic wording of, of the petition? What are you asking from the president? We're asking that the president support a new congressional hearing on the extraterrestrial issue. And... It's that simple. There's an interesting history here. Back in September of 2011 uh, was the first disclosure petition, and that petition did get the number of signatures it needed. And in response to that petition, two months later, the um, Obama administration came out with a reply that said, the U.S. government has no evidence of any life, that any life exists outside our planet, or that, the, that an extraterrestrial presence has contacted or engaged any member of the human race. In addition, there is no credible information to suggest that any evidence is being hidden from the public's eye. That was pivotal because it's the very first time in history that the United States government put their um, opinion about extraterrestrials in writing. Right. It's also a bold-faced lie, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, yeah. I was actually at the Citizens Hearing on Disclosure all five days, and I got to hear the testimony of the witnesses from 10 different countries. And anyone that can hear that, uh, there's no way. Well, we have much evidence. We have a paper trail, you know, going back decades and decades and decades, whether we're talking about the Twining Memo, whether we're talking about J. Edgar Hoover's uh, memo, when they name, you know, when they, when they, and it's there in black and white specifically. We know uh, U.S. Uh, defense officials, uh, uh, pilots have had, uh, uh, you know, eye visual contact with crafts of an right. unknown origin, have engaged them, have in some cases uh, fired at them. Uh, right. This is this is proof positive that they they know about them. They are concerned about them. How in in light of that could a president say we have no evidence? 
This reply was written by a low-level guy at the Office of Space and Technology. It wasn't written by the president. Um, so this is the, you know, reply from the Obama, Obama administration, as it were. Still, I'm not convinced that Barack has this opinion. All right. But given that statement, uh, low-level uh, official uh, or not, why should we expect the result to be any different? Let's say, uh, hopefully, we get those 100,000 signatures on this petition and mm-hmm. we were sitting and waiting for a response. Why should we expect, again, a different result this time around? This is very interesting, and it's it's a complicated story. Uh, it may be that back in 2011, the powers that be were not ready for a formal disclosure. And there is a misconception out there that there is some entity, sometimes called the cabal, that may be controlling this and will never allow this, or that Congress will never allow this. Well, out of 535 members of Congress, there are maybe a dozen who do want a formal disclosure. So that's why there's a misconception. The truth is that none of those people uh, have anything to do with a formal disclosure. The only two that have a say in a formal disclosure are mem- certain members of the, at the Pentagon and President Obama, and that's it. Everybody else will be at home watching on TV. And so um, when this reply came out back in 2011, maybe it was a challenge for us, the grassroots movement, those of us who believe the truthers, um, to step it up and get prepared for what we've done now. We, we, we went ahead and we did the citizens hearing on disclosure and we filmed it. And now we have sent 538 10 DVD sets to every member of Congress. And um, this lobbyist, Stephen Bassett, is going to visit these folks. And it may be now that those members in the Pentagon and President Obama are coming together to provide the evidence that we need for a formal disclosure. And people say, well, what is the definition of a formal disclosure? And that would be President Obama coming on a broadcast and saying to the world, we're not alone in this universe. And that's all he has to do. That's all that it is. All right, but Elizabeth. Once we have a formal disclosure from the government, right. from the commander in chief of the armed forces who started the truth embargo in 1947, then we can have the Pentagon give the evidence, like you said. Okay. On these fighter jets. I've got. To, sorry, Elizabeth. I got to jump in here. We have got to take a time out. The music is signaling me to do so. We'll. Uh, you stay put. We'll come back and continue to discuss uh, the petition project and disclosure. Elizabeth Tretwin, my guest. Dwayne Hickey in studio here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. The owners of the system are asleep. Now we can play The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Elizabeth Trutwin is with us as we continue to talk about uh, disclosure and the uh, the latest petition project. Give us the details again, Elizabeth, if people want to sign this petition. Uh, and this is essentially uh, trying to get the uh, the President of the United States and others to, con- to agree on a, a new congressional hearing on the ET uh, issue. Uh, so once again, how do people sign on? Thank you, yes. The website is disclosurepetition.org go there and there is a direct link to the petition and so they will ask for your first name last name email address and that's all you need to sign now there's not sorry go ahead oh we're looking for 90,000 more signatures between now and February 6th and anyone may sign all right that's certainly doable and uh, my listeners I know will will do their part and rise to the occasion. Now, uh, this is not legally binding. Uh, let's say you get the 100,000 signatures. The president or some official could simply say, 
uh, well, it's not necessarily a bad idea. It's just our plate is full. We have, you know, we have ISIS. Uh, we have uh, the situation in Crimea. We have, you know, uh, major economic issues to face. Now is not a good time. Uh, maybe sometime in the future. I mean, couldn't they just simply kick the can down the road indefinitely on this one? There's two different parts to this. So on a reply to the petition, right now there's a petition on the website that has 135,000 signatures, and it's asking to pardon Edward Snowden. And it's been sitting there for two years. So even if we, when we obtain the 100,000 signatures, there's no requirement that they reply in any timely manner. Um, the other part of this is the petition is asking for support for congressional hearings. The ones who decide if we have congressional hearings or not are the actual chairs of the committees who hold the uh, congressional hearings. And those are committees like Select Intelligence, Science and Transportation, Homeland Security, Science, Space and Technology. There's seven committees that are appropriate for a congressional hearing for an extraterrestrial issue. And so we are, that's why we have sent now uh, 845,000 tweets to 535 members of co Congress, and we were also emailing them and Facebook posting them. So we have this social media campaign going on, which is part of the Congressional Hearing Initiative, which also includes the petition. So the Congressional Hearing decision is up to Congress, not the uh, petition website. All right. Thank you for that clarification. Let me get um, our co-host, Dwayne Hickey, in here, who has a question for you. Hi, Dwayne. Hi there. So, so we have all the the social media campaign and the petition going on. What other leverage do you have that can sort of stronghold the the government into revealing and disclosing? We are targeting Congress for our tweets, and we're targeting the president for our petition. And they are none of them um, can help us the same way that mainstream media can. They are truly our only target all of the publicity is going out there uh invoking mainstream media to look at this and bring this question to the general populace make this a mainstream issue that's a that's a good point uh and in fact and largely through your effort uh, efforts and, and Stephen Bassett's efforts I have noticed and I know that you have noticed a a, a sea change in the attitude of the mainstream press towards this issue. Yes, there are still those laggards who are still writing these ridiculous sort of tongue-in-cheek pieces about little green men and so forth. Uh, but aside from those, there are now um, uh, credible, uh, you know, hard-nosed journalists who are writing serious pieces or at least writing in a respectful tone about this issue. Ten years ago, five years ago, we didn't see that. Right. New York Times wrote a beautiful piece on Friday night, May 3rd of 2013, summing up the citizens' hearing on disclosure. And we've had some great articles come out in the last two weeks. The Air Force uh, Times covered this petition in their paper. That was amazing. And if memory serves, uh, uh, the Washington Times, I believe, or it may have been the Washington Post, I'm it was the Washington Times. It was the Washington Times. Uh, they covered the the uh, the citizens' hearing with, again, uh, a, a degree of of balance and fairness and a respectful tone. Yes, right. That's a major accomplishment. A major accomplishment. I've been on radio since 2009, working on that. Um, it's the it's the driving force of everything I do, seven days a week. Exactly. I believe that when we have a post-disclosure world, people like John Sarrow will be out there and they will be funded and we will have the things that we can only have in a post-disclosure world. You believe that they are, there is a connection between John, we had uh, John Searle on earlier for those just joining us, John Searle talking about his uh, Searle effect generator. We're talking about essentially a free energy device. Uh, and we've also had Paul Hellyer on the program, the Honorable Paul Hellyer, uh, in his new book, The Money Mafia. He talks about, um, the, um, sort of the, the connection between, uh, free energy and the UFO ET issue. What is the connection yeah. in your mind between free energy and this important issue? The truth embargo. 
which was initiated in 1947, maybe for national security reasons, maybe for good reasons back then, has been kept in place almost 70 years. And the effect has been that there is a secret space program and it has a black budget. Catherine Austin Fitz has done the accounting on this and she claims $75 trillion are in black budget funds. There was an article on Yahoo.com, a news article, about four days ago, saying that China had sent Jade Rabbit, the rover, to the moon to explore the possibility of mining hydrogen-3 from the moon. And my opinion is that we are already in deep space with propulsion technology that's been reverse-engineered, and we are already mining other planets and bringing back payloads, and they're not telling us about it. And people say, well, Beth, what are they bringing back? And I say, I don't know exactly, but we do know some things, and I've named Hydrogen 3 before, and it's the first time I've seen it in the mainstream news this week. And so we have these suppressed patent technologies. We have free energy. We have gravitic technology. We have, um, and this was testified about at CHD by Thomas Ballone and others. Dr. Greer um, testified about free energy. And because the truth embargo is in place, none of these things will be made public until we have a post-disclosure world. We need a formal disclosure from our governments, and in this case, it's the United States because we started it and had our allies sign on. Uh, when we have this formal disclosure, which is one sentence that Barack will say on TV, uh, we'll be done and we'll be able to um, fund these projects and all of the secrets will be gone. Does the president, the current uh, occupant of the White House, have the security clearance? For example, we know what happened to uh, President uh, William Jefferson Clinton when he sent uh, his, I believe it was uh, uh, Hubble, he sent uh, Hubble uh, to find out you know, what, what he could find out about the UFO issue. And Hubble was stonewalled at every, every turn. Uh, Jimmy Carter... Uh, supposedly, according to legend, asked the then, I believe he was the then CIA director, George Herbert Walker Bush, about the UFO issue uh, and was summarily uh, shut down and told, you know, you don't have a need to know. What what leads you or others to believe that President Barack Obama has the security clearance or a need to know? According to Stephen Bassett, certain presidents were briefed and other presidents were not briefed. And we know that between 1993 and 1996, during the Rockefeller Initiative in the Clinton White House, they were preparing President Clinton to be the disclosure president, but it didn't happen. And the difference between then and now is that the forces behind the truth embargo, Majestic 12, um, people at the CIA, and... Uh, others who are involved at the Pentagon. And these are entities that we really don't know anything about because of the truth embargo and this highly compartmentalized secret. Um, what's happened is we've gone through an evolutionary process, and partly because of the 18 years of hammering that Stephen Bassett has done and others have done um, in these conferences year after year, we have finally evolved to a moment where uh, with the state of the planet and what's going on in our our world economies are crashing and we're having the Fukushima burn down, go through the oceans and all the problems that we have out there. The, earth, the world has changed since then and they have finally decided that it's time for a disclosure. And so does President Obama have the clearance? Yes, he does. Why? Because he's the commander in chief and because of that, He's in charge of these decisions that were made between the executive branch and the Pentagon. And these contracts are being broken, and this disclosure is being negotiated right now. And so uh, it's because uh, the world has changed, and they're ready now to uh, move on, let the earth move forward. Even those uh, members of the cabal who are in possession of this technology uh, and who, according to people like Richard Dolan, constitute 
almost a separate civilization because of the, you know, what they have at their disposal. Do you think they're going to be willing to relinquish their stranglehold on this technology without a fight? Absolutely. In 2009, we knew that we were ready for a formal disclosure. It was all set up. And what happened was uh, we initiated TARP in October of 2008. November of 2008, we, we elected in President Barack Obama, the GOP and a lot of the powers that be took all the money out of Washington, D.C., gave it to their pals, the bank, the CEOs of the banks gave themselves bonuses. What happened was there was a worldwide economic meltdown in 2009, and that's what stopped the disclosure back then. And between 2009 and 2015, they've been talking about this and negotiating this. We just saw in the papers the Rockefellers pulling their money out of oil and moving it into uh, new, new energy technologies. And we're seeing more and more articles in the paper about this. They have come to the conclusion that it's time to move on. And um, there are things in place that t- are telling them, you don't have a choice anymore. We're going to have a disclosure now and we're going to change over. So... They might lose a little bit of money, but they're not going to lose a lot of money. They have more money than they could ever use. Why couldn't they, uh, Elizabeth, and when I say they, um, I'll just use that for shorthand, uh, why couldn't they uh, simply reveal uh, some new energy device, whether it's similar to John Searle's effect generator or not, whatever it be, it is a little black box that taps into zero-point energy, whatever you want to call it, uh, without telling us the providence. In other words, here it is. We've developed this at Area 51 or the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. They don't need to bring in the ET issue into this, do they? I mean, why can't they just say, here it is, folks, our free energy. It's arrived. We've been working on it for 50 years. Right. Another example of this was on Friday, Bloomberg published an article saying that there is lithium-ion energy that they're switching over to. All of these Suppressed energies are coming out now. And why do we have to bring extraterrestrials into this? Well, this goes back to Skunk Works and Boeing and all the major companies that are involved in the truth embargo because, like Richard Dolan has has pointed out, they pulled all of that technology out of the military and put it into private companies to protect it so they could make money off of it. And when the truth comes out about all of that, we're going to see how entrenched we were in reverse engineering and how this is extraterrestrial technology, and there's no way to hide that part of the story. All right. Here's uh, another big issue, Uh, and I've asked Stephen Bassett about this and others. I'd like to get your take on it. Uh, In order for these groups uh, to come out and and, uh, disclose and admit, essentially, that they have been lying to the public for the last 70 years, would also implicate them, because if this is true, that means they have blood on their hands. Think about the astronauts that perished during the Gemini Project, and the Apollo Project, and the Shuttle Project, uh, programs, rather, uh, when they were still using ridiculous rocket fuel when they had at their disposal... Uh, anti-gravitics and so forth. You know where I'm going with this. They have blood yes. on their hands. Would yes, you be in support of, we're coming into a break, we'll get your answer after the break, yes. would you be support in amnesty for these individuals? We'll find out. Amnesty. Okay, when uh, we come back. Elizabeth Trutwin stays with us here on The Conspiracy Show, along with Dwayne Hickey, our special co-host for the evening. Stay with us. Providing the evidence and letting you draw your own conclusions. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And we are talking disclosure with UFO disclosure advocate Elizabeth Trutwin. Her website, CosmicAscension.org, CosmicAscension.org. And we've linked up to Elizabeth's website at RichardSerrett.com. Just uh, click on her name and voila, you are there. Now, before we turn things over to uh, Dwayne Hickey, Elizabeth, once again, we want to keep hammering this. Uh, How do people sign the petition? Thank you. There is a website, DisclosurePetition.org. Go there, click on the link that will take you directly to the White House petition. Put in your first name, last name, and email address. 
click on a link in your email to prove that you're human. And that's all you have to do. It's a three-minute process, and anyone from any country may sign. And and once again, uh, if they get the one, if you get the one hundred thousand signatures in the next twenty days, what will be the result? We can expect to have a reply in writing from the White House administration regarding whether or not they support a new congressional hearing on the extraterrestrial issue. Now that we have. Seven decades more information. All right. Uh, Dwayne Hickey, I know you're chomping at the bit with a question or two. It's The floor is yours, sir. Well, I know that Elizabeth was going to answer a question before the break. Did you want to go ahead and answer that? Oh, yes. Thank you for reminding question. me, Dwayne. I'm glad you're here. I was asking you a thank you about uh, this. Is, <laughs> I was waiting with bated breath. That's why I have Dwayne here, to, to uh, kick me in the pants when I need it. Good job, Dwayne. Yes, indeed. Okay, yes, the amnesty question. Would you support amnesty for those who have been responsible for keeping the lid on uh, not only the UFO ET presence, but also... Uh, preventing this free energy uh, and uh, back-engineered technology from getting out to the public, which could have prevented, for example, the deaths of uh, astronauts in, involved in the Gemini program, Apollo, the shuttle program, etc. Absolutely. This has been an atrocity. This has been allowed to go on. It, when we look at the citizens' hearing on disclosure of witnesses, we see that these many of these men came with canes, walkers and wheelchairs. This is an aging group that was forced to keep their silence all these years. And amnesty is the only viable option that we have. There are two groups involved. One is someone who was on the job and they were made to sign a paper and they were told they will never tell anyone what's going on with this for the rest of their lives. A full amnesty for those guys, of course. And there's a tiny, small group, a handful of people who committed atrocities. And those ones should uh, see some accountability. Uh, so absolutely, amnesty is very important here. Time has gone on and we need to move on. Okay, so we'll have a, a truth and conciliation uh, uh, committee, I guess. Yes, absolutely. All right. Thank you, uh, Dwayne, for reminding me about that question. And now uh, your, the floor is yours. Not a problem. Elizabeth, it's the day after Obama says we're not alone. What what does day one look like for you and for the you rest mean of the after world? I pick myself off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> what it's going to look like is there are many, many, many folks out there that I've talked to, very smart people who believe that the only way disclosure could come is through open contact. Very high-ranking people well-educated people believe this, and I've been taking them aside privately and having a chat with them. So one thing that becomes possible after a formal disclosure is zero-point energy, and MT Keshi is number one on the list for that. We can tap into zero-point energy the next day. What happens in zero-point energy? Weapons don't work in zero-point energy, and we suddenly have peace on Earth. The weapons will be put down, and the soldiers will fly home. They'll start flying home the next day. There will also be a rapid re-education on television that will inform folks around the clock with uh, journalists that we already have in place that are already have already prepared for this because this has been anticipated for many years now. They have already set up programs uh, that they're going to run a, and explain everything that happened to us. And after that, we can expect landings to take place, and they'll be anticlimactic because we will have been told about everything and the extraterrestrial te um, connection. So open contact happens after a formal disclosure. All right. How many races or civilizations, alien races, are we talking about here? Mm -hmm. um, when we have landings, not long after a formal disclosure, um, the extraterrestrials who look most like humans will disembark and have a chat with us. There was a publication put out by someone, and they said, I think it was something like 52 races. I didn't really pay attention to that because what I've heard are there, there are 200,000 different extraterrestrial races out there. 200,000? and we don't know anything about it, but we're going to learn very quickly. 
200,000. That's what I understand. Not all of them friendly, I'm guessing. Um, I always tell this story. Imagine that I left Earth and I went to visit another planet and I landed there and I walked out and and folks saw me and they said, hello, where are you from? And I would say, I'm from Earth. And they might say to me, you must be a Nazi. And I would be shocked and I would say, I'm not a Nazi. Uh, In other words, all these stories that we've heard about Anunnaki, Sumerians, um, the Nephilim, some of it's a great deal of disinformation. And we have to remember that the malevolent extraterrestrials are a tiny, small group of a much, much larger group, and they were only here for a very short time. So uh, it's kind of like humanity. Most of us are good most of the time. I don't know that necessarily they would have to be evil to do harm. Uh, I would think even just morally ambivalent. Let's say, for example, someone who is, uh, I, I remember myself as a, as a young lad with a, micros- uh, a, a magnifying glass out on our driveway uh, looking at ants. Uh, and the ants uh, couldn't communicate with me, and uh, nor could I communicate with the ant. Uh, and I would study them and occasionally, uh, you know, they would be <laughs> crushed or, uh, you know, they would be overheated with the uh, the magnifying glass simply by studying them. Uh, I would, you know, be doing great harm to them. And, and here we are now talking about a civilization uh, that has harnessed the power of the sun, uh, which they would have to do in order to travel, traverse these huge distances. Wouldn't they look at us as simply something to be studied and experimented upon and and again it would be the moral ambivalence that I would be worried about Mm. Stephen Bassett has stated that we can think of the extraterrestrials as a group similar to humanity where sometime in their past they were given a hand up in their evolution but they have gone through evolution just like we have and you know we, we see them every single day in our skies all around the world, but they've never come here to harm us. All right, listen, so, I'll, I'll take another time I'll out here. the <clears throat> ant story because the ant story keeps us locked into programming that's no longer relevant. And it's, we, it's time to free our minds and to see our galactic brothers and sisters as wanting to help us come into a galactic citizenry. Okay, Elizabeth, i got to take a time out. I gotta take a time out. I'm, I'm late. We'll be back. Thanks. Elizabeth Trutwin right here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Take a look around. What do you really see? This is where you can tell all about it. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Next week on the program, author John Kerner, author historian John Kerner, will talk about the CIA plot to kill Jack Kennedy and Malcolm X. And uh, it has to do with the uh, the drug trade and the uh, the secret drug war in Laos, uh, according to John Kerner. We are uh, joined by Elizabeth Trutwin, UFO disclosure advocate, and uh, we are talking about the uh, the latest uh, petition project. And once again, uh, let me get you to uh, uh, to announce where people can sign that petition, Elizabeth. Thank you. There is a website, disclosurepetition.org. Go there. There's a direct link to the White House petition asking for a congressional hearing on the extraterrestrial issue. It will be the first hearing on that subject since 1968. We need 90,000 signatures by February 6th. I believe with the right publicity we can get it done. Anyone may sign. All right. Um, you had mentioned Edward Snowden uh, earlier. and uh, In fact, that's, it's quite timely. I received an email yesterday and it's not the first time someone asked me. It's a darn good question. And that is, why in all the Edward Snowden revelations, not one mention was made of the UFO issue? I, I, that is a good question. What do you think? I have heard, uh, Steve would cringe if he heard me saying this, but it, it's my belief that in, nine, on ni- in 1961, NSA astronauts landed on the moon. In 1964-65, Carl Wolf went to Langley, CIA headquarters, to fix the imaging machines there, and he saw structures on the moon. In 1969, NASA 
astronauts landed on the moon. And according to Richard Dolan, who told us this story at the Secret Space Program Breakaway Civilization Conference in San Mateo, California in June of 2014, he told the story where John Glenn said when he landed on the moon, he was warned off the moon by extraterrestrials. I believe that NSA astronauts were also there, and I believe that that information will come out from the Pentagon, not from Edward Snowden, and I feel that Edward Snowden does have that information, and they're holding it back for a purpose, for a formal disclosure from the president, from the commander-in-chief. And, uh, of course, uh, uh, Gary McKinnon, uh, also sort of tipped us off to this, these secret space programs as, as, as well and, and, uh, during his snooping around. Uh, yeah. so I guess we, we, yeah, we have, these things have been leaked if, if McKinnon is to be believed and, and, uh, I, I certainly see no reason not to. Uh, let me turn it over to, uh, Dwayne Hickey. Hi, Hi there, Elizabeth. I was just wondering, um, why is it important for the U.S. to disclose? What, how come another country can't disclose? Or if another country discloses, will that also bring ET landings? Sure. Um, many folks feel that, you know, Steve Bassett says tomorrow Putin or Xi Ping could go to the Chinese people or could go to the Russian people and say, uh, you know, and give a disclosure. And if that happened, it would look very bad for President Obama. Uh, there's no reason why they couldn't do it. However... It's very important that the United States president be the one to disclose because of agreements that were made a long time ago and continued new agreements were made over the years between the president and the Pentagon and the extraterrestrials. And these are things that we don't know much about because of the truth embargo, and I don't have a lot of details, but those agreements were made between United States President and the Pentagon, not other countries. And that's why it's so important. Also, it's where the truth embargo originated. And when we when it began, we employed our allies from World War II because of the Cold War to keep the truth embargo in place. And so it's really our responsibility to undo those agreements that are old and overdue and worn out and time to move on. Uh, what would the, uh, how would you like to see, uh, the next congressional hearing on the UFO issue, uh, formed, constructed? What would it look like? How would it play out? This would be, um, some of the same witnesses that were at the citizen hearing and some new witnesses coming before a committee in Congress and allowing the con- Congress people to ask questions and to allow them to testify and present the evidence that they bring forward that we have been engaging with extraterrestrials in our military, in our agencies, and um, and that they are here on Earth now. And let this be revealed to the American people, and let's broadcast it on C-SPAN, and let it go for a week, or maybe two weeks, and let people see the testimony live all around the world. Here's the big difference, too, between if this hearing takes place, this actual congressional hearing, as opposed to, I, I don't like the term mock, but uh, the citizens hearing was with, you know, former members, members of Congress. But the big difference this time, Elizabeth, as you know, well know, would be this time the witnesses would be under oath. Right. Uh, they would have a, they would be charged with a felony perjury if they lied to the Congress. And so this makes the testimony so much more compelling. Uh, I'll say. I'll anyone say. who saw any of the videotape from the citizens' hearing knows how compelling the testimony is already, besides the uh, papers that were presented and the films that were presented and all the evidence that came forward from the FAA and other agencies. It was incredible. Plus the testimony from 10 other countries where... Um, they had crashed UFOs, and they did reverse um, engineering. And there was this guy from Peru who was talking about how he was trying to shoot down this giant UFO. And 
the uh, former members of Congress asked him, how can you tell us this story? And he said, because there were eight, we, we estimated there were 1,800 people on the ground at the airport watching me shoot at it. <laughs> wow. Here's, Years ago, yes. when I didn't know much, I said to Stephen Bassett, Steve, where is the, where is the evidence coming from? And he said, Bass, all the fighter jets that have guns on them also have videotapes mounted on their guns. And they've, these guys have been ordered to shoot at them, and they have the videotape of the UFO they're shooting at as evidence. And I said, oh. Yes, won't it be interesting uh, when all that comes out after disclosure, and we'll actually get to see this firsthand, presumably. This is what we're going to bring to the congressional hearing. Oh, you're going to bring the video. You have the video. Yes. You have the video. Wow. This is why the Pentagon and the president are the only two entities in charge of a formal disclosure. And when do you expect this hearing to take place? Uh, if you get the signatures, uh, how soon could it take place? The signatures on the petition are for a written response. And we're going to uh, Stephen Bassett, who's a lobbyist, in Washington, D.C., registered since 1996, the only one in the country registered for the extraterrestrial issue, is already visiting members of Congress, senators and, and um, House of Representatives, asking them to make, you know, to put us on the schedule for a congressional hearing. We've had congressional hearings on Iran-Contra. We've had um, tobacco health hearings, Bergdahl prisoner swap hearings. It doesn't take long to schedule a hearing. It just takes a few days, really. They've thrown out a new hearing in a few days after an issue comes up. So the committee chairs on these seven committees that are appropriate for this hearing are the ones who decide, and they put it on the schedule. So he's already visiting, asking for these hearings. We've gone into phase two of the CHI, which is tweeting 180 members of Congress that are on one or more of these appropriate committees. So... This 850,000 tweets we've sent out, now we're just tar targeting them to 180 people. And we're going to keep asking, and we want mainstream media to get involved and report on this. And so uh, Stephen Bassett has said, we could have your hearings in February of 2015. We could have a formal disclosure by March of 2015. It's not uh, out of the realm of reason. You know what would certainly push things along nicely, we were talking about the media, and that is for someone in the White House press corps uh, to to have the courage to actually you know, raise their hand and ask a question. Uh, for example, um, you know, what about the, um, the Rockefeller Initiative? I mean, that would have been convenient had they asked Hillary Clinton that question when she was, uh, you know, still... Well, she, they may still have that opportunity if she runs in 2016. It just takes one question uh, from a press, uh, a White House press a core member, to really turn things around. Wouldn't you agree? I would agree. I I don't anticipate that happening anytime soon. The White House press corps is beholden to their jobs. It's a golden handcuff. The concept that they would do that, they would be they'd be fired that day. The people I'm looking forward to uh, work at places like The Intercept, The First Look, uh, Glenn Grenwald, uh, Matt Talibi, um, Jeremy Scahill. These guys out on the front lines doing investigative reporting and really ballsy reporting. Those are the ones that need to ask the questions. Those investigative reporters will get this out there to the mainstream, to the general populace. And have people stop, you know, at the grocery store and start to think about these things. What happens, Elizabeth, if you don't get the 100,000 signatures? What next? Still, Steve can use the petition as he goes out to say, hey, I got 40,000 or I got 60,000 signatures. And it's just grabbing the attention of mainstream media, which is the ultimate goal right now. Well, listen, we wish you all the best. I appreciate your time, Elizabeth. Uh, one more time, give us the uh, the details on how to sign this all-important petition. Yes, thank you. We are running the Congressional Hearings Initiative from three different websites. FactsOnWashington.org tells you how to 
tweet, email, and Facebook post your representatives. Uh, folks from every country can help us with the Twitter campaign. We have disclosure.media is a website with all the instructions in there. It's translated into 15 different languages. Please uh, check that out. If you're on Facebook, please join the public group, The Disclosure Lobby. We have 9,090 members today, and all we discuss is the Congressional Hearings Initiative. In order to sign the petition, please go to disclosurepetition.org and click on the link and add your name. All right, Elizabeth, please convey my uh, best wishes to your colleague, Stephen Bassett, and uh, thanks for spending some time with us tonight on The Conspiracy Show. I'm a huge fan, Richard. Thank you so much for having me, and thanks, Dwayne, for suggesting, and have a good night, you guys. All right, good night. Good night. Elizabeth Trotwin. Well, there you go, Dwayne. Your thoughts. What a show. I just want to thank Elizabeth for coming on and being such a great guest. She was a terrific guest, and uh, you hit a home run. You hit it out of the park. Albert, your job is not in jeopardy, not to worry. <laughs> but uh, you did a terrific job, Dwayne, and it was a delight meeting you and having you in studio, and I hope you enjoyed yourself. I did. I had a wonderful time. Thank you so much. All right. Just a reminder, next week on the program, John Kerner will be with us discussing the CIA's plot to kill Kennedy and Malcolm X. We'll find out what their motivation was. And uh, also, Marty Leeds will be here to talk about numerology. Can't wait for that one. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light, what I say in a whisper. Proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night.